1: If you dare.
3: This is the Lombardi Line with Michael Lombardi and Patrick Maher on v Sin.
4: Lombardi Line as we welcome you back on a Monday. He is Michael Lombardi. We've, we've got the uh, the matrix that is the NBA in the postseason figured out, I believe. Uh, I'm still trying to figure uh, it out.
5: Well, we do to a degree. I mean, we kind of have a sense of it, but we'll see. You know, we will see. Your Dallas
4: Mavericks um, mm-hmm. opened, obviously, Jazz Mavs opened a pick 'em. The Jazz have mm-hmm. been bet up to two and a half. I feel like that's a team that you're – You're high on the Mavs,
5: right? I am because I think the people have slept on them. I think they're really good defensively. I think Dallas has played. They've played really good defensively. And I think that they, they, with Luka, they certainly can generate enough offense. I mean, when you just look at their numbers, I mean, you know, they are really good in a lot of categories. Uh, And better than Milwaukee, better than Philadelphia, You know they're kind of even with Miami in terms of their statistical data. Now we can't get carried away with statistical data during the regular season because we know there is such a disparity between that. But when you look at what they've been able to accomplish over the last two weeks, Dallas—they're the best offense in all of basketball. They're averaging one hundred and thirty points a game. They're—they're giving up—they're giving up one sixteen. I mean, they've been able to really play at a high level, and with Luca when he's when he's kind of doing what Luca does, which is remarkable. He he's really good, and, I, and they don't turn the ball over. They're fifth in the league in, in turning not turning the ball over. They're really good in they're really good in e field goal percentage, which is fifty four percent. And they defend, they they hold the opponents to, to an e field goal percentage. So you know, I, I just think to me they're a good team. I'm surprised Utah's favorite because I do think they can make they can make Utah play a different game. You know, they can make Utah play a different bear play a different game. I mean. You know, they'll, I mean, I know Powell plays big, but, you know, Powell's not a, uh, a tradition. He can, Powell can go stretch it out on the three-point line and, and, you know, make Gobert have to go chase him around. You know,
4: and, and Kidd was kind of a, he was a pretty good defensive coach with the Nets and the Bucks, but he is a great example of... You know, another chance where he had time to learn and he's come back. I mean, they were your under team this year, the Dallas Mavs and kid has done a hell of a job coaching this team. Because if you take a look at the roster, I mean, I guess Brunson's your second best player. Dinwiddie's been a great addition for the team, but it's not like it's a roster loaded with names.
5: It's a collective. No, no. I mean, Kleber is a really good throw. I mean, he shoots it from the from the range out there, you know? And I think Jalen Brunson, who will be an unrestricted Brunson's free great. agent, they weren't able – he's been great. I mean, he's been fa- fabulous. Finney Smith, I mean, they're really good. And Dinwiddie can certainly give them that offensive juice yep. that they have lacked at times. So, well, I'm surprised that, they're, that, that the, bet, the betting public has gone in that direction. Well, check this I think out, Michael. You-
4: they're your seventh betting favorite to come out of the West. You go Suns, your favorite. Uh, second betting favorite: the uh, Warriors, the Grizzlies, the Nuggets, the Clippers, the Jazz, and then the Mavs are fourteen to one to come out of the West,
5: which is fascinating because if the Mavs were in the East, right, they would be the two state. They would have won the. They they would have beaten the the they they beat they won the series against Milwaukee and they won the series against Boston.
4: Yep. Yep. Nope. It, it's it, you're one hundred percent right. So you've been on that team. Um that's coming up. I just
5: like, I like the way that I think ultimately now we all know that there is going to be some form of, of adjustment come playoff time. I mean, we know that. And that's what we as handicappers have to do is, is help if you want to bet these season series of what are the adjustments. It's easy to bet. It's really easy to bet. You know, last year bet Utah. Well, I mean, we saw that really quickly how Utah was struggling come playoff time. So I, I think ultimately, you know, we've got to look at the matchups. Like Will Hill said, are they going to go small? I mean, how, who does Gobert guard if they got – if Cleaver's on the court? I mean, he's, is he going to go out there and defend the three-point line? He's going
4: to stretch he, out. Then he
5: loses all his effectiveness, That's right?
4: exactly right. He's got to be near the bucket 100%. So we mentioned the 185 price on the 76ers in that Raptor series, which you and I both thought was a little heavy. The number open 4.5 coming up this Saturday – In Philly, and it's sitting four and a half. I got a couple of books
5: uh, with Toronto getting bet down to four. So Yeah, I I, I think it's going to be Toronto money coming in. I don't know how much the line will move in basketball uh, as it does in football. But to me, I mean, if you just look at the numbers, look at the team, look at how they're going to play, you know, uh, I mean, and knowing Nick Nurse, and then listening to Doc, I mean, Doc just did a press conference where he was trying to explain why he uses the backup centers and based on playing big and playing, well, Toronto doesn't play big. You know, mm-hmm. they, they, they were just asking the question about, you know, are you going to play, are you going to play, you know, this, the, 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 who's your backup center, which is kind of a meaningless, you know, it's important part equation, especially when you want, when you want Embiid to not play 38 minutes and be exhausted in the fourth quarter. So who's going to get some minutes? And if they're not, if they, if Toronto's not going big, I just think it's going to be really hard for for them to match up to Toronto because, like I said the other day, Toronto beat them, and they didn't have two of their top players on the court. I mean, when Van Fleet gets going, I mean, who's guarding Van Fleet? You know,
4: and Scotty Barnes. Barnes is the the, the rookie is. He's just – and I. he runs the point at times. He's just really – and Nick Nurse, sorry to your boy, Doc. I know this is going to shock you, my opinion, but I think Nick Nurse
5: obviously a coaching advantage over your boy, Doc. Oh, no doubt. And we, we, and we, and they didn't have Oanobi. Oanobi, the other kid, the, the Indiana kid. They didn't have him there on the wing. I mean, this is a good team with wings, big wings, long players, challenging. You know, and, and will they get through the East? No, because I think what Thomas Gable said is so true. This East is loaded – and Toronto, for considering that they don't really have anybody that, you know, they haven't been in the lottery to get it. you know, you, of course you have to be in the lottery to get a good player. You can't you can't get, I mean, Scotty Barnes was a lottery pick last year, but still a good player. He won the first pick overall. Nope. Fourth overall and a surprise when he did go
4: four. Uh, I'll give you the numbers to come out of the East. So the Bucks are your favorite at two to one. The Nets, your second betting favorite, Michael, at plus 320. Celtics, plus 325. The Heat, plus 425, and then check out this drop-off. You go 76ers, 6-1, to and then the Raptors to come out of the East, 30-1. to So you've got yeah. those five, obvious, with the Bucks, the Nets, the Celtics, Heat, and 76ers, and then a huge drop-off
5: after that. I would take a shot on the Celtics. I still think they're wing play. If they get Williams back, they get some a big... And I think that, that they're going to need Williams back to beat Milwaukee. He should be but good for the second the one, round,
4: by the way. Williams, that, should that's, be good. Where
5: I would, that's where I would go with. I would go with Boston. I, don't I disagree. think Boston's defensively has played really well. And, you know, when you just look at their team and what they've been able to accomplish, I, I think – They've gotten better over the year. They've improved their depth as their team. I think that's really been important. So I would take, based on these numbers, I think Philly's a wasted pit. I think they really I'm not saying that as a fan. I'm saying that as somebody, they have no chance to compete. I think the Philly will go through a complete transformation in the offseason to almost get to the team where they can build it. Around. Not that I'm saying this is correct, but you could see they want to change what they do now that they have Harden. And the only way they're going to do that is if they lose in the opening round and maybe Doc shifts off to Los Angeles.
4: I think there's a pretty good chance he's coaching the Lakers next year. I really do. I would bet that. I would who, bet that. Who, who do you think Morey has in mind? Oh, DeAntonio.
5: I mean, yep. DeAntonio. I think there's no doubt. I mean, that that, that can would you that imagine? Would two
4: seconds. Can you imagine that offense with D'Antonio? I, the, that would be pretty special. By the way, the championship odds, I'll give you these quickly. The Suns are big time favorites at plus two fifty. I say big time because the Deserving next, list. yeah, I would agree. Deserving, the list. the defending champs, the Bucks are four to one. The Nets are six and a half to. The Nets are
5: your third betting favorite. If they can't get they, there, they, they, they can't, can't get there. I mean, they Hill's can't defend. Right. I mean, they don't play any. They don't play any. I mean, they can't some defend, point, man. you got to play the best defense. I mean, Phoenix. The last two weeks of the season, Phoenix has been the best defense in the in the NBA, and they they are the third best defense overall. The best defense overall is Boston. If you want to take a shot at somebody to go all the way, you play Boston.
4: Okay, I'll give Boston, you the number. I mean, Seven the, and a half to one.
5: Yeah. Plus 750. I, I agree that, with you. That's a good number. That's a really good number. It gets you some value. I'm not saying you're going to hit with it, but I think when you look at it, Boston is, is – when you look at Boston's numbers, other than the win differential, you know, other than the win differential – they are they are really uh, very uh, they are they are second most value team and and their win expectation based on numerical data was they should have had 58 wins and partly the reason they didn't was because of the bad start to the season but the last two weeks really good in diff- point differential outstanding in offense outstanding in defense you know and and as they as now if we have all this data they're the best defense in the NBA. And they're the 10th best offense in the NBA. Those are two pretty good recipes to winning games. I,
4: if it's not the Celtics, as you mentioned, I think there's a pretty good chance we could see a repeat of last year's finals. Remember, and it was, it was a crazy series. Remember, Phoenix wins the first two and then a sweep yeah, from then on well. out by the Bucs. That was a great series, though. I mean, Giannis was really so good was. in that series. It's kind of mind-boggling if you think about it what he really did in is. that
5: series. You know, and and look, do, do the Nets have enough juice? No, man, they can't defend.
4: They can't. They literally you know, I can't
5: mean, defend. It, it, to me, it's is going to be so problematic. I mean, it's going to be, that's where I think, and then they're going to be worn down. How much are they going to be able to stay at this level? I mean, now they're playing one extra game. They're putting a lot of miles on Durant. There's no denying that. Didn't you tell me
4: you talked to an exec that said he didn't necessarily believe in the Grizzlies come postseason time? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Yeah, I sure. And they, and they are, and they, by the way, just quickly on their championship number, the Grizzlies are 17 to 1. They're behind the 76ers, they're behind the Heat, the Celtics, the Warriors. So they're 17 to 1 right now on the
5: board. I mean, look, they've got talent, they're a young team, but I think when, when you force them to play a half court game, their transition offense is what the key is to their team uh, and also their ability to offensive rebound. And that's where they get second looks, and I think that's why people are saying, look, that's not going to be the game you play come playoff time.
4: Yeah, you're not exaggerating either when you say they're a young team. They're this, the Grizzlies are the second youngest team in the NBA, only behind Oklahoma City. Who And think about the disparity there as far as what those two teams did this year. It's really incredible. I agree. I think they're, in the, they're good in the paint, but I think when you get, slow them down into a half-court offense, especially – In the postseason, I think they can be susceptible. So, we continue. Oh, a shocking birthday over the weekend we didn't announce. We'll come back with that next.
6: Hey, guys. This is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. we got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball. We do them all. But here's a preview of this week's episode. Do you think it's more embarrassing to dye your hair And this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts.
2: The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write.
6: Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor.
2: And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist.
5: Listening to the Lombardi Line on v
3: featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick
4: Maher. Okay, Lombardi Line presented by BetMGM. Now, that was a weird tease, Michael. I said a shocking birthday because birthdays shouldn't be shocking. But Bill Belichick Mm-mm. turning 70 on Saturday is quite shocking. This coming up. This
5: Saturday oh, coming up, Oh, it's this right?
4: Saturday. Okay, gotcha. It, he he the looks 16th. the same as he did 20 years 16th. ago. He looks great. Yeah. You know, and he's still got the vigor. I, I think it's this,
5: yeah, yeah. He, you know, I wrote this down. Josh McDonough. I'm Go sorry. Ahead. I was just going to tell
4: you, remember the last game that Tom Landry coached, he was mm-hmm. 64. And the reason I bring yeah. that up is because, you know, to be Landry, great. He had a great vibe, everything about Landry. But I mean, he, he, he did look like a 64 year old Belichick's going to be 70. And he kind of just has the same aura and the same look about him as he did 20 years ago. It's great.
5: You know, and as great as Coach Landry was, you know, Coach had a lot of help in his organization. Not that Belichick doesn't, but Coach Landry really just coached the team. Gil Brandt and Tex Ram ran the team, and so you know that gave him a lot of freedom in the off season. Whereas Coach Belichick's running the whole operation. You know, everything that happens within that building is going through his desk, and so the energy that you need to be able to be on top of every single detail is somewhat remarkable for me, that what he's been able to accomplish now this year, you know, last year he got a lot of heat because he spent too much money this year. He's getting heat because he's not spending money. People can't make up their minds. So we'll see what happens.
4: (laughs) Yeah. My apologies. Uh, You're right. Saturday, this coming Saturday, April 16th, Mm -hmm. 52. He'll be 70 years old. And Mm -hmm. it, it, you know him better than anybody. It doesn't appear, it doesn't appear to be losing his zeal or his zest for the game?
5: I, I think he loves his craft. I think he loves doing what he's doing. I think he's motivated by rebuilding this franchise again and taking over the challenge of 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 what lies ahead. And with a young quarterback that he feels very comfortable with, I think he feels like the future certainly can get improved. So we'll, we shall see. You know, I mean, they, they brought Trent Brown back. I mean, I know they've got rid of they got rid of Shaq Mason. They use Shaq Mason's money. They get Parker. If he can stay healthy, that certainly is an upgrade. And then he has a, he's got these draft choices that he's got to hit on.
4: Great quote from Coach K about Belichick I want to read to you. Uh, he told Peter King, he said, quote, this is Coach K now about Bill, Bill Belichick. Quote, I can't get into his head, but watching him is incredibly interesting. When somebody says you've been doing this, the, the same way. It's the same job. No, it's not the same job. It's adapting. It's exciting. Like this is coach K like I'm 75 that happened with USA basketball later in life. And I wanted to use what I learned. That's what I see from bill from afar. I really admire him. And I like him because really it's not about him. It's about the players. There's nobody who's built a better culture in pro sports, right? Question mark. So he nope. is, uh, that's a great quote from coach K about Belichick.
5: It's true. I mean, Josh McDaniels is quoted as saying, you know, with Bill turning 70 years old, you know, he said if he's there 10 years from now, it wouldn't surprise me to see. He still attacks the job with the same now that I saw him attack it, uh, when, it when I started with him in 2001. Doesn't matter what part of the year it is, the big thing that Bill's going for him, he's always done He's always done. He loves all the facets, whether it's scouting, preparation, roster evaluation, team building, development parts all year. So I mean, he enjoys it all, and he's good at every facet of it. And he and Coach K's right. He's rebuilt the culture, and part of the culture is going to stay within what he wants it to become. So, yeah, I mean, look, it, it, it's it's a more challenging job than it was in 2001 when he had it. It, it, or when one thousand, nine hundred and ninety-one, when he had it with us in Cleveland, it's still challenging, but he's still able to maintain everything, every facet within the game.
4: I won't, I won't read the whole quote, but he used a cool word to describe Coach K. Used a cool word, Michael, to describe Belichick. He said he has a great curiosity, and I yeah, think that's so, intre- Like that's what keeps us alive, right? That's what keeps us like keep
5: going. All, is the all curiosity. great leaders have, all great leaders are curious. They want to figure out how we're going to get better. You know, what are we going to do to get better? You know, can we do something to, you know, how are we going to try to not change, but keep expanding our growth and our development? I think, you know, in, in doing so much research on people, like for Al Davis was always reluctant to make changes. You know, as great as he was at, at, at a period of his career, it was challenging for him to change and adjust. And I think that's one of Bill's greatest strengths.
4: Speaking of age, uh, this is from Matt Santos's rundown. Nobody does rundowns like Santos. He had a quote from an it. An NFL exec who said, uh, speaking of Matt Ryan, quote, I had him with a big decline last year. He's had a phenomenal career, but last year was a big drop-off. So I bring that up to ask you, what are the Colts getting with Matt Ryan? Do you see a
5: drop-off? I, I, no, I, I think they're getting stability at the quarterback position. I, I think they're getting the, uh, the adult. They're getting leadership, something they didn't have last year. I think they're getting someone who can get to the line of scrimmage, run what they want him to run, get them in the let the burden of responsibility fall more on top, on Jonathan Taylor than fall on the quarterback and then the execution within that offense. Um, look, I think Matt Ryan last year he showed a lot to me when he played Buffalo up in Buffalo. I did not think they would be able to even keep that game close and they did. And they did. They had it down to the, he turned the ball over going into the end zone in that game or else it was a lot closer than the score indicated. And I thought he threw the ball well in the wind and the weather, considering he's a dome player. And and knowing that he's been the most sacked quarterback over the last three, four years or whatever it's been, he's still throwing the ball down the field and still making throws. And I think this is the perfect situation for the player. It's the perfect situation for, The team and knowing Reich's ability to coach the quarterback, I think it'll manifest itself. Do I think they're going to win a Super Bowl? I don't know if I could say that. They got to improve defensively. This is what we don't talk enough about. Every focus on the quarterback, but when you really break down the Colts last year defensively, that's where their liability showed up the most. I mean, they were bad on third down. They couldn't, they didn't play very well in the red zone. They weren't able to stop people on fourth down. And in the fourth quarter, they gave up 140 points. I mean, you you ain't winning any games, giving up 140 points in the fourth quarter, Patrick. Mm -hmm. But you actually, I think you kind of like the the moving on from the defensive coordinator, to be fair. I I like two things. I like three things the Colts have done this year. Number one, I, I like the trade for Matt Ryan. I do. Didn't really cost them anything. They traded Carson Wentz for Matt Ryan. We could harp on the blown decision for for Carson Wentz. Sure, you can do that. However, this being said, they moved on from it. They learned from it. This is all we can do in life is learn from our mistakes. If they would have sat with it and continued with it, then it's a problem. That's one. Two. I, I like the change of defense. I think they needed to get rid of Ibraflus. It was too generic. It was too basic. Three. I like John Fox coming in. Mm-hmm. I like John Fox coming in and whispering in Gus Bradley's ear, Gus, we're going to have to do a little bit different stuff now. We just can't run Pete. K- Even Pete doesn't run Pete's defense anymore. <laughs> you know, this goes back to 1985 when Floyd Peters and Monty Kiffin and Pete were all in a room together. We've got to change this. And then we're going to be a little bit more expansive come the red zone where we can utilize our skill with Darius Leonard. You know, the one thing that never is talked about is to be a great red zone team in the National Football League, your Mike Linebacker has to be a great pass coverage guy. Has to be. He's got to cover. It's like being the center in a basketball court in a zone. He's got to be able to cover it all up. And with Leonard, you think they could be better in the red zone. But unfortunately, they're not. I think the John Fox hiring is going to really give them some – diversification, some curiosity that Bradley lacks at times when he's running the defense. And I think that'll help. They're nine and a half season win totals, the Colts. Well, they got you know they got Houston twice. They got Jacksonville, who you know on paper is going to look better. But Jacksonville always looks better on paper. I mean, they've spent more money this year than any team in the league. Will it transpose itself? I think the question for Jacksonville will be: Can they get this quarterback? Can Doug Peterson get this quarterback to play? And Press Taylor, his offense coordinator, can he get them to play at the, Can he get them to play at a high level? And get his consistency with his fundamentals. That's going to remain to be seen. I think they pick a defensive player. I really do. I talk to more people in the league. I, I think I don't think they're locked into Hutchinson by no means at the first pick overall, but I think they're going to improve their pass rush to get a pass rusher, a front seven player to help their defense.
4: I, I'm trying to quantify. So with Ryan, are they getting essentially the same version they got with Rivers? Because if that's the case, you know, that was a, they had a chance to win that Buffalo game.
5: I mean, the, 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 you know, the, if Frank doesn't go for it on fourth down in, in that situation, they might win that game. I mean, he was a little too aggressive. Do I think they're getting the same – I think they're getting a better arm. I thought Rivers' arm was dead. Agreed. Remember that Cleveland game where he was trying to throw the ball and the wind was coming in <laughs> off the lake and he really was struggling to drive it? I think Ryan can throw it. That's why I, I cited back to the Buffalo game because, you know, you, you, if you're going to win a playoff game, the way we are going 17 weeks. There's too many teams that play outdoors. You're going to have to play in bad weather. I mean, I know the Rams didn't have to this year. They were able to go to Tampa, nice weather, come home and play two cozy games. Good for you. And then they get the Super Bowl in a cozy stadium. That's not always going to be the case. You got to prepare your team to play in cold weather.
4: Also, they're getting now a guy entering. He could be scary good in Jonathan Taylor. Like last year was incredible. And now he's kind of, you know, that next level. I I think that, Nine and a half is an interesting number on the Colts. They're twenty-five to one to win the Super Bowl. They're fourteen to one to represent the AFC in the game. So I don't know. It, I like Reich. You like Reich. It, it, he kind of took some hits last year for not necessarily yep. developing Wentz, but it,
5: he seems like a good coach. That I, well, I think. I think Wentz was. Unco- I think the one thing we've learned about Carson Wentz, it's been consistent from Doug Peterson all the way through. He don't want to take coaching. Even from a guy he respects, he didn't want to be coached. It's not Reich's fault.
4: And you bring up the point. Ryan's going to get protected there in Indy. He was not protected in Atlanta, and that's going to yep. make a big difference for a guy that age that can still sling it. Uh, that's a good take there. Happy. Well, we'll we'll wish him a happy birthday on Saturday. In fact, maybe Belichick will just come on the show and we can tell him happy Why birthday. Not? On <laughs> if not, I won't if not, will be here this Saturday. You're oh, not going to be won't here.
5: here. That's yes, next. I'm going to be off. This I'm taking a week off, Patrick. I'm sorry. You deserve it.
3: to the Lombardi line on v featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi now once again here's Patrick Maher
4: okay get everything you need to bet baseball this season including 24 7 video streaming daily best bet emails including advice data strategy for 19 bucks listen it's a long grind let us help you for 19 dollars. it's pretty simple we get the digital guide which is incredible Uh, Adam Burke has futures team previews we got Jason Weingarten in there who does a great job MLB future bets sign up today and get full access to VSIN through the draft for nineteen dollars. So you get the baseball guide and the draft guide for nineteen bucks. slash spring slash spring So are you actually gonna take a break and vacation, or are you just gonna work? Like, what's what does that mean?
5: Well, I gotta keep working. I mean, I gotta. I'll write a column. I'll do my pod, but I won't be with you on Thursday through next Monday, like we typically are, and I'll come back. Uh, I'll come back on Thursday, the following Thursday when we resume again and and just because I wanted to go to see my I haven't seen my son in, in down in Carolina for since the summer so I felt like Good I should you. do that and see my grandkids and break right before the draft and then I'll be out and spend uh, we'll get to spend Are you uh, coming out for the six, draft? 5 days. I'm coming out and oh, be great. Sitting right next to you. I had no clue. Yeah, I'll be oh, sitting that's right awesome. Ne- yeah, Good I'm for you. Right next to you there. So you get to see Tuesday the family when before. you come out too. Well, just one of the family. I mean Dominic will still be he'll still be back here with uh everybody. Uh, and then they'll they'll go out sometime in May. But yeah, I'll get to see Mick and Josh McDaniels and some of my friends over at the Raiders. So it'll be fun. So it'll be him. your Plus first we'll time seeing draft together.
4: it'll be your first time seeing Allegiant, right? You well, you get a chance. i mean to see I've driven state. by it, but okay. I've never been inside. Yeah, yeah.
5: I've, I've driven by it. There's yeah.
4: a better chance our next guest will actually, our friend Josh will see Dominic because Dominic is still up in the New England era area. Then, <laughs> uh, then we say hi to Josh. Uh, Josh, how you doing, buddy? Nice haircut. You look good. What's happening? Oh,
0: appreciate it. Yeah, I got a haircut. Got a nice clean shave. We got to look How's good. The dog? Beast,
4: but, uh, How's the dog?
0: She's doing. She's doing very well, Patrick and Michael actually had a great weekend. Went back to Western Mass, visited the family. They met their Meadow met her grandparents this weekend for the first time. So it went well. And now hopefully if me and Elise go on a trip, we can drop her off at mom and dad's and then they'll take care of her. So it was a pretty good
4: success, guys. <laughs> Did she bite the grandparents? <laughs>
0: Luckily she didn't, but I have two little nieces, a three-year-old and a one-year-old, and they were fascinated by her, kept putting her, you know, their fingers in her cage, but luckily she was very nice, so we escaped. There was over-under one and a half bites. It was, we catch the under very slightly.
4: <laughs> All right. um, we got baseball. You got 11, 12 on the diamond today, but before we get to that, you got an update on the number one overall pick in the forthcoming draft we were discussing, Josh.
0: Yeah, so not a huge move in terms of line movement, but I want to throw this at Michael because, you know, I saw this pop up on NFL Network today, and uh, you had a report from Mike Garofalo and also Peter Schrager there from NFL Network, and they were talking about how there's quote-unquote chatter right now about Jacksonville possibly looking at uh, Trayvon Walker here as the number one overall pick. Now, right now, you still have Hutchinson <laughs> minus 250, and Michael, maybe this
5: is just all He's laughing because he, he was take. saying that.
4: He's been saying that for a couple of weeks. Go ahead, Josh. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, and this I've is, you been know,
5: saying that. And I Michael, mean, that, I think that, you're, that's you're... that's been going on in the league for about two weeks, uh, and I think it's certainly warranted. I think that you know, when you're picking somebody the first pick overall in the draft, you, you want to say, "I want rare." I want rare skills. I want somebody who 's this is what the problem I have with taking Baker mayfield you know he 's the smallest guy in that draft he didn 't have the most powerful arm he wasn 't the best athlete. I get all the stuff you know, but when you take the first pick in the draft, what you really want to be able to do is say, look this guy is this guy 's a freak of nature. you know he is a freak of nature, so since he 's a freak of nature, you know and you know you th- you think that 's the case, but you know for me. Walker is. I mean, he certainly is. And, and be, the problem you get, though, is you don't the numbers don't back up his skill set, right? His, his incredible talent and what you see him do in terms of the workout. And you see some of it on the tape. You don't necessarily see it all the time on the, on the field. And you're wondering, like, where did he disappear to? And I think that's the only thing. I mean, if he would have any kind of numbers that matched his athleticism, I think it's. I think he would easily be the first pick, but I could see, you know, them reaching for the stars, particularly knowing that they're going to be a a analytical base. They still are. You're getting a six-five guy who can run really well, you know, who's got a lot of things going for him, you know. But the numbers don't necessarily back up. His statistics don't back up. I mean, you're taking about, you know, you're talking about taking a guy that is, you know, in in a, in the course of his career. You know, he's had, what, he's had, you know, he started 15 games. He's had, like, you know, he's he's had very few tackles for losses. You know, you go through his numbers, and you're like, wait a minute, what's going on here? The talent doesn't belie, but he's certainly worthwhile. But, look, people are talking about taking Malik Willis as the first pick in the draft, no. right? They're talking about taking the first quarterback, right? Yeah. That's yeah. what they're talking about. He's the first quarterback. Yep. Okay. I mean, I think, I mean, I read this this morning. I think Peter King had it in his notes. I mean, this is – common knowledge to every other, including me. But when he, when you watch a quarterback, you want to watch him against good competition, right? So when Liberty played Ole Miss or Liberty plays another good team, like what is his numbers? And in those games, in the two games he's played against high-level competition, he didn't throw a touchdown pass. Yep. Think yep. about that. Chew on that for a bit. Yeah, it tastes bad if
4: you're drafting him. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Josh, Um, what would you say the early returns uh, what are the early returns for you as far as baseball betting and what's the overview there
0: yeah, so just some stats here, guys, to, to chew on here a little bit. You know, we do have favorites winning uh, 62 or around 60% of the time. They're 59%, a little bit more there, but 29 and 20 to start the only season. We just went through our first series, obviously. But the big notable takeaway to me, guys, are these unders. You had a day, I think it was either Friday or Saturday, where unders were like 13 and 1 or 14 and 1. That incredible day here. And that's been the biggest takeaway for me from a betting angle. Right now, unders 26 and 19, 58%. But I think you got to take every game on its merits. Like perfect example, yesterday was uh, Cleveland and Kansas City. That was a really big windy over matchup where you had winds blowing out around 20 miles an hour to dead center field, uh, and as a result, you know we had a 17 to three game. Now, are they exactly you know chicken and the egg there? No, but when you see like a total open nine, get juiced up, look to nine and a half. The wind's blowing out. Full point years is when you're betting a total in baseball to build a case. Like you feel like you have an edge here. So really the big edge has been these unders about keeping out for some windy overs. Like for example, if you're looking for a windy over today, uh, check out the Mets in the Philadelphia Phillies. You had a little move to the Phillies on the money line. This is Suarez against Taiwan Walker. Philly's are like minus 140 up to minus 150. But if you look at Citizens Bank ballpark, it's going to be about 60 degrees. Really nice uh, nice day today in Philly. And you do have wind blowing out about 10 to 15 miles an hour to dead center. So if you want to apply kind of that windy over system match, uh, that would be your best one here. Mets in Philly over nine. It's over nine minus 120. Looks like it may get juiced up and move up to nine and a half.
5: Well that game's at 6:45 tonight right I mean that's kind of a midnight I mean a midday game does the over is the weather affect the over not the weather the the nighttime to the daytime affect the over more
0: Uh, it it could, it could, Michael. I think, you know, one thing you look at is shadows, like Patrick knows this from being an LA guy for Mm -hmm. a bit here, those shadows in LA can really, really hurt you early on for those like later kind of afternoon days. But yeah, 645 to me, you look at the ballpark, you look at the, the juice movement, you look at the weather. And even though that maybe a one o'clock game, you'd say, Hey, you know, bright sunshine, maybe better to the over. It looks like at this point, with the 9 being juiced up over minus 120, that that later start there uh, really doesn't have a negative impact. If anything, uh, maybe the bright lights and, uh, you know, kind of the the wind blowing out will kind of push that thing, hopefully, uh, to 10 runs or more if you're going to sweat that over 9.
4: It's a great. great point about the shadows and good question about the difference between day and night. You, what, what you start to notice, and a lot of sharp handicappers as far as baseball is concerned, Josh, it's just the temperature. As it starts to warm up, that, bla- that ball is going to fly a little bit. It's a heavy ball right now when it's cold out. Uh, it, it really, specifically, when you're betting Wrigley, you got to always be monitoring <laughs> the wind. It is really wild how that changes the totals. It really is, Patrick,
0: and you know it's important because you know pretty much when you uh, get ready for baseball, we look at the overnight numbers. You'll pretty much by you know midnight you'll get every total, every money line, every run line. But Chicago with the you know the uh, with the uh, with the Cubs here, they usually don't release the total on that until the next morning because they got to wait for those weather reports. So definitely something really important to keep an eye out for. And again, if you're betting an over, I want some wind blowing out. Maybe you know not great pitching matchup here. Let's get some juice and some movement toward that over. See if we can get the over in the in uh, Philadelphia tonight.
5: Hey Patrick, not to interrupt, but Please. I will interrupt. I mean, Alvin Gentry is not coming back as the Kings' coach, which I'm sure we all knew. So that now is two NBA openings, soon to be more. Wait, who's the other one? I'm I'm, I'm drawing a blank. The Lakers. Oh my gosh, Vogel got <laughs> fired. Well, we we
4: we were calling that at the beginning of the year. We said he's going to be hanging out with you in. in, in I didn't Jersey. think he
5: would come back. God bless Vogel, though. I'm happy for him. He got an extension. I was worried they weren't going to bring him back. You know, and I thought there was a lot of talk that they weren't, but at least he got an extension, so he's going to get paid for a little bit longer.
4: The Kings have had – think about what the Kings oh, – ever have. since White Chocolate, they were going to move the franchise. They kept the franchise yeah. last-minute deal, and they have been a disaster
5: for years. And they fired Muss. They gave Muss no time at all. Like He had like no time at all, no players either.
4: It really it's just been a, a terrible franchise the way they've been run. Okay, Josh. Anything else? Give me one more baseball play on the way out. I need some I need something to sweat. Yeah, so if you're a Yankee fan, I actually kinda like the Yankees tonight. This is a
0: really big fade the trendy dog play. Toronto is one of the most lopsided bets, Patrick. Yeah, the blue jays, they're looking good. You know, Vlad Junior, everyone loves them, but they're getting almost ninety percent of bets. But the Yankees, the line's moving toward the Yankees here. The open round minus one fifteen, up to around minus minus one twenty. I'd look to bet against Toronto
4: and back the Yankees at home. Okay. Thank you, Josh. What does dirty water mean, by the way? Am I the only one that doesn't understand the reference with dirty water? Oh, the Charles River, Patrick. Do not drink out of the Charles. (laughs) Take your socks and shove them, Josh (laughs) Applebaum. Market Insights. Thank you, buddy. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, guys. There he goes. Coming back here Lombardi Line.
6: Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: This is Colin Coward from The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Angie's List is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace. Angie can even help with extremely specific projects. Just tell them what you need and Angie will find the right solution for you. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com or download the app today.
1: From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal
0: podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God,
5: to the Lombardi line on v featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi.
3: Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher.
4: Okay, it's BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks, and the reward program, a loyalty program, which is really cool. So it's like your credit card. When you use it, you get points, and you can use those points for online bonuses over at BetMGM or at uh, the resorts. So this is a brilliant idea by BetMGM, and it helps you out. So go over to BetMGM.com right now and sign up. One eight hundred gambler. If you have an issue, you've got to be twenty-one years or older. Okay. So, um, down you to know, Carolina. Are you going to gonna have world. good weather when you go down to Carolina? By the way, it's I, I would hope be nice so. to get yeah, away from the cold so. that you guys have been dealing. It has been yeah, a brutal. Sun co-
5: it's been, it's been, brutal.
4: been brutal. I talked to my mom over Michigan. She's just like, this has been the longest winter we've ever had. It's been crazy. Yeah,
5: just to. There's no spring. It just goes right from winter to to, to summer. But. Going back to the NFL draft, I think it's really important. We we see a lot of these, you know, the Patriots are hosting these players and this player and that player, really insignificant, really insignificant towards the, the draft market. Uh, in terms of getting any indication of who a team may pick by their workouts. The teams know the agents are going to push out the players, particularly the guys that are drafted on Saturday. They want those guys say, hey, you know, they call around. My guy was in, you know, he was in Denver yesterday. They really love him. They're going to pick him late, you know. So I think you got to get into the – you've got to understand that all that information, which is easily accessible for all of us because it is not really relevant at this time of the year.
4: Don't, believe, don't listen to the noise is basically what you're saying there. Don't listen exactly. to the noise. Exactly. Don't
5: let that affect, especially when you're looking at the top of the draft. And I think what, what Josh was asking about Travion Walker is, is, you know, the more people dig and the more people look at him, he's only 21 years old, which, you know, is a really important fact, factor you know, in terms of his growth and potential. He's played in 36 games in his collegiate career, and he started half of them, right? And so, you know, one season he had a fractured wrist, and, but his, he's got the frame, he's got the speed, he's got everything that you want in a pass rusher and a dominant pass rusher to think that you can manifest it going forward. So there's a higher ceiling, whereas Hutchinson is – what you see is what you get and what you see against Georgia you know was it as good he disappeared you know, against wasn't. Georgia right so okay so like what you're doing as a scout now is you say okay I've watched I've watched Hutchinson rush against this guy get into Georgia watch some of their one on one pass rush tapes where you see Walker rush against the guy okay and now you've been able to compare the market you've been able to compare apple to an apple Watch Hutchinson do it. Now I watch Walker. Wow, it's a different story. And I think that's, this is why you're seeing some of this movement. I think this is why the, the big board, you know, the, the names are starting to come around. I mean, Hutchinson remains number one. It's a little bit like the offensive tackle board. If you talk to other people in the league, the Mississippi State, Charles Cross, is probably the one where he has more upside than anybody else including the Alabama kid, including the North Carolina State kid. He's got huge upside. He's really athletic. You know, he was pass blocking in the air raid offense the whole time. Again, 21 years old, five-star recruit coming out of high school, started 22 games at left tackle since he redshirted his first year. He's played in every game he's ever been a part of. He's lean. He's athletic. He's only going to get better. These are the kind of guys where they're not as popular in the mocks but these are the names people are talking about behind the scenes. What was troubling
4: about Hutchinson is he had played so well against Ohio State and then Iowa leading up to that Georgia game. He got manhandled. And, you know, honestly, and I'm a Michigan guy, a bunch of friends that, you know, went to Michigan. Michael, I don't see a Miles Garrett. I don't see special with Hutchinson. You know what I mean? Like, they're, it's spe- I think, number yeah, one yeah, overall is special.
5: You want it to be special. You want it to be a sure thing. You wanted to say, hey, look, you know, this guy has rare athletic skill. Garrett has rare athletic skills. You, the, the, you know, the kid from Georgia, you know, uh, Walker, he's got rare athletic skills. So, you know, Jordan Davis, the nose tackle from yes. Georgia, he's got rare athletic. I mean, you want rare. You know, you want like Gardner, the corner at, at at Cincinnati. He's actually rated higher than Stingley because he's got, he's 6'3", his frame. He's got athleticism that's off the chart. That's what you want, you know. Thibodeau has it too, but there's so many periods where he doesn't play with mm-hmm. enough juice and enough intensity that makes you work, that makes you worry. Now Cross, the kid from Mississippi State, he's got rare skills. I mean, this is a three-year player at the school; he's only going to get bigger. You you draft Cross, you're saying if you're if, if you're sitting there, if you're sitting there and you're, the, and you're the and you're the and you're the Carolina Panthers and you need a left tackle and you let Cross go and you take Kenny Pickett. I mean, you just basically have gone from a guy who's graded 7.0 to a guy who's. I mean, you've just jumped your board. It's 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 not even it's not even understandable. And I thought Christopher Sims made a great point the other day. He was talking if you draft Pickett and you go out to practice and he starts throwing the ball and Sam Darnold's at the same practice. Whatever you think of Sam Darnold, I don't care what you think of. In terms of when you're out there at practice, and the owner shows up to practice, and and there's no jerseys on the players, and he says, "Oh, who's that over there? Oh, I can see our first-round pick. He looks really good. No, that's Donald. Our, our, the other guy's throwing the weak, throwing the, the throwing the uh, change-ups. See what I'm saying? Yep. <laughs> you don't want that. You got the sixth pick in the draft. You want to be able to say this guy's what he is. I mean." Willis, you know, you got the, That's why it just blows my mind that people are so desperate to take these quarterbacks when there's no visual evidence that suggests that he's going to be a tremendous player. You know, he doesn't. He doesn't play at Auburn. For what, we can invent a lot of reasons why he doesn't play at Auburn. Correct? Okay, we could say you know, you know, Bo Nix came in. That's it. Was Bo Nix was a political? All those things. But there's a reason he didn't, right? You know, he had the elbow injury that caused him to wear an arm brace. That was a problem. But, you know, but as an athlete, nobody's going to question he's not a really good athlete. However, is he a quarterback? Can he make all the throws? Yeah, he can make them in a workout. But can he make them when there's a lot of speed to within the game? You know, but I mean, I don't doubt he's got, got all the characteristics. But when he, can he put them all? He's a dual threat who didn't throw a touchdown pass as the level of competition rose. Think about that.
4: When you're standing at the altar and she's coming your way, you can't be talking mm-hmm. yourself into it. Meaning, you no, gotta know. You, like, can't. You, you know what I mean? Like, this is a big time decision.
5: I mean, give Ted Thompson all the props in the world. When he turned that card in for Aaron Rodgers, he knew. He knew. He was he knew. I I remember talking to a scout w- one day, and I was like, you know, I marvelled at that because that's a really because he saw something that I didn't see in in, in at, at Rogers. Yeah, he was a good player, but this this level of player, I didn't see. You know, and and Ted was always really high, and I remember talking to him. You know, he saw it. He saw the twitch. He saw the the instincts. And that's what you want. I, I don't know if you could honestly say you see that with Willis. I mean, I think you see a really good guy. I think if you put him in the game, he's going to run around. And then once teams decide to rush him a certain way, they're going to say, play quarterback, Malik. And what we have learned in the National Football League is when whomever it is, whatever the quarterback, when you make them have to play Baker Mayfield, you've got to play quarterback. You've got to stay in the pocket, and you've got to make these throws. They can't do it. They don't last.
4: And I worry about, look, Rogers got coached up in college. You know Tedford's a great quarterback coach. I worry about Hugh Freeze can he can work around inefficiencies with a quarterback. I worry about Corral because Kiffin can coach you up. It he, he, there's those number even the numbers you mentioned the bigger competition that he struggled but even the numbers that he put up against the Leicester competition how much of that is Freeze cuz Freeze can coach up a quarterback in
5: college, you know? No doubt. As far as no the doubt. system I mean yeah, I mean, look, and, and we can't get caught up in, I mean, percentage of completion. He was 61%. In college, is that good? No. I mean, he threw 18 interceptions in two years in college. Is that good? No. Yeah, I know he threw 47. But he didn't throw a touchdown pass against anybody. Now, where he excels is, man, can he run? Can he run around? And he does have and, a big arm. And he can, no, and I'm not denying any of that. I think he's really, that. that's there. But to me... Uh, I just don't, I don't see how you can sit there and say, this guy walks in, he's a starter from day one, and I feel really good. I could say that about Cross. I could say that about Walker. I could say that about a bunch of other guys. And you're asking me to pass on these guys? Walker's to me, if you're going to take a dangerous pick, take Walker because he's got upside as a defensive lineman. He's got huge upside. Again, we talked about it yesterday. It was a text from my friend. I think
4: Davis Mills goes before Pickett, Corral, and Willis if he's, if he's in the I, draft I don't this year. disagree. You
5: know, I don't disagree. I think they think they
4: have something in
5: Houston with him, and he was a third-rounder. I mean, look, I know this. I know that he was well-liked in New England. I think is why, why uh, uh, Nick was there in New England before he went to Houston. I mean, I don't think if they would have not gotten Mac Jones, I could have easily seen them picking Davis Mills. He was their kind of guy. He fit what they wanted to do.
4: Enjoy the time with the family. Thanks, Patrick. Try try not – I mean, just put – stop writing for a day and Uh, just um, chill for a day. I'll miss
5: the Sixers' loss on Saturday to the Raptors. Then they'll play Tuesday. Uh, That'll be the split, and I'll be back in time when we were up in Toronto.
4: It'll be perfect. The only question is, who the hell am I working with this weekend? You know, I think I'm working with a mall one of the days. Pray oh, for God me. I'll call in. <laughs> I love I'm Amal. Amal's next odds on with Mike Palm. We'll see you next time here at Lombardi Line.
1: At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off, grand slam, or a base hit to center field.
2: Zumo Play.